Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the How to Bet the Queen's Play podcast, final edition, episode three, uh, winning plays, hopefully, uh, for Queen's Plate Day. Uh, we'll be joined by Emily Gullickson of Optics. Uh, looking forward to her thoughts uh, on the plate, which uh, drew 13 horses of uh, varying quality. Uh, some look over look overmatched, but uh, sometimes there's reasons to maybe slot them in at the very least underneath at big prices. Uh, I'm excited for the race because uh, I'm definitely not on the favorite, uh, certainly at a, at a smaller price. And if she, uh, Holy Helena, ends up taking more money because name recognition, connections, whatever, I uh, definitely think uh, she's in a spot to be underlaid uh, any lower than her morning line price of three to one. So uh, we'll get to it. A lot of horses to go over, a lot of races, a lot of good stuff at Woodbine. Uh, Emily, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I liked your I liked your intro because I kind of feel the same way about Holy Helena. Good. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've had five straight favorites win the Kentucky Derby and the Queens Plate, uh, only one for the last 10. And three of those years, I think we've seen $25, $30 winners, uh, three of those in that range. So certainly a race that, uh, I think there's a lot of casual money. Uh, I think people play it as they, they do the Derby, uh, but the serious players maybe aren't in it uh, as much as they should, and not that we want to welcome them too much because that might hurt our chances if we think we uh, found a nugget. But uh, to me, it, it seems like one of those races, just because where it is and the full field and the synthetic and the distance, that there's still some opportunity to, to come up with clever opinions. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, I kind of, I've gone through this field. I'm still kind of like working my way through sort of, you know, trying to form some opinion opinions, but nothing really strong standing out. And that's, you know, usually when I see that, it kind of puts me off the favorite. And if I just have enough questions and really when it comes down to price, um, I'm going to look outside of her. Um, you know, so once you do that, there are, it does open it up for, for quite a few horses. And, you know, obviously the betting will be interesting. Like you said, I think there's, there's a lot of money that will go toward connections, not only with her, but um, Chad Brown's silly that finished behind. And then of course, you know, kind of some of the local connections um, at field horse in there. So I think it's going to be interesting on, on how they bet this race. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, I was actually uh, my very initial pass through of the race, just sort of looking at names and knowing what they had done and, and that sort of thing. Uh, the, the, the Brown Philly kind of jumped out because I was thinking, well, she was favored actually last out and didn't get the job done. And I was thinking, you know, now you actually, she won't be favored here. You're going to get a better price on Chad Brown. He's shipped up there before and, and done well on the turf. Uh, obviously the connections are good, um, but I had a you know once I actually saw the PPs, I kind of had a hard time making a, a case for her even at, at ten to one, which I, I don't know maybe with the thirteen horse field we'll get that, but it seems like with the connections and that she was five to two last time against eleven others, ten to one seems a bit high, but uh, you know she's another one that 
didn't really strike me as, as a huge contender. Um, the, the one question I wanted to start with you on is actually how you start, uh, because, you know, I had to handicap pretty quickly to get a pick out uh, for various outlets and uh, looked at everything and then had the chance to look at the optics plot. Uh, and sometimes that sort of sends you back to square one, pardon the pun, um, and other times you're like, oh, okay, this actually fits. And uh, I was pleased to see uh, my selection, Guy Caballero, uh, seemed to be okay. Uh, certainly a 10 to 1, and Jose Ortiz looked like a good position. But what's sort of your order uh, with all the materials Optics has and the PPs, et cetera, that you go through with a race like this? Um, yeah, so if we if we kind of start at optics plot, which is, is what I look at first, because I just want to kind of get a, you know, it's a great visual just to kind of show you um, a couple different things. And before I even got to the plot, the one thing that just kind of stuck out at me is you have all these horses, we, we use the optics RPM, which kind of sorts run style. And um, there's six horses in the field. So you've got close to half the field that are all kind of press or closer types. And then you have, you know, four horses that are probably more mid-pack closer. We'll label them as a C for closer. So that just kind of right off the bat is like, okay, what's going to go on in this race? Because, you know, are those horses going to have to be more pressers or are they going to be more mid-pack closers? And, um, you know, I just think that's one of the biggest challenges in this race and, and, um, you know, obviously for all handicappers, I'm kind of struggling with it and, and going back through and doing some passes and playing some different scenarios is how this race is going to, is going to play out. Um, you know, what are those horses going to do? For example, um, at field course kids with slam, um, who's list is 10 to one. And I, I think probably going to be a little bit shorter. You know, this is a horse that um, likes to be about, you know, three lengths back on the pace. Well, drawn on the 12 post, you know, they're going to have to send. So that horse is going, you know, going to have to be used. Maybe he's, you know, kind of more of a presser and does that sort of take him out of his run style, or maybe that puts him just sort of in the right spot. So there's, there's all those things going on. I think the plot, the plot itself is helpful, but it's, it's one of those times where you're going to just have to, at least for me, go back and forth, you know, match run lines to position on the plot and, um, you know, really, I think the shapes is probably going to be key. I mean, it doesn't really eliminate that many horses in here. But, you know, looking at those squares and just kind of seeing, you know, based on some scenarios where those horses are. Um, a horse like your pick, uh, Guy Caballero, you know, he was really coming into, um, coming into the plate trial in a good spot. He had a great note coming in. Quadrant three, where he's positioned now, um, is pretty favorable and standard. Obviously, small sample for 10 furlongs. Um, but, uh, I just, you know, I, I'm not really that crazy about the 10 to one morning line. I mean, he was 20 to one last time and he was 10 to one morning line that day. So maybe, you know, he drifts a little bit higher, but, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against playing him because I just think there's, there's so many different things that could happen in this race. But, um, you know, it's one of those where you're just kind of like, if this horse gets overlooked, that's sort of where I'm going to lean because, you know, he could get a favorable trip. Um, I think on that race, if, you know, um, not state of honor, but King and his court, if King and his court was on the outside, they kind of had their trips reversed. Um, I think that the the result would have been the other way around in the exacta. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, speaking of state of honor and pace, uh, pretty similar if we zoomed out on Brisnet um, in terms of uh, the pace designations, although for us, state of, excuse me, state of honor is the lone E, uh, and then there are three other EP types uh, that figure to, to be there. The biggest question with state of honor, uh, if you're, you're backing him, is can he go gate to wire? Uh, I guess theoretically he can. Uh, what are the odds of that, and will we be compensated for it? Um, I just think we kind of seen the movie before, and and this it just doesn't seem like he, he can go all the way. And not these that these are the grade one types uh, that he had been facing earlier in the year, but uh, it just seems to me. But you know, looking at the plot, looking at the PP, uh, the E2 ratings, and Brisnet uh, that he's just not a horse who's going to lead him all the way at a mile and a quarter in, in, at this level of race. Um, I think, I think those are really fair concerns, but um, I, I, you know, I also think that maybe there is a scenario where he can take him gate to wire. And I think it'll be interesting too. You know, I don't know if you're, you're up there yet, but when I looked at the forecast earlier in the week, they were calling for rain. So, you know, it might be one of those things where if it does rain and the track is, is kind of favoring speed that might be something you know something to look for um and and i can kind of see where where brisnet does have a couple other horses i mean if we use you know map the first call that pulls um the nine mega gray forwardly placed and then um i think there was one other horse that kind of had some trouble that i i could see a little bit more forwardly placed i can't remember who it was now um but, uh, yeah, some of those horses in there. But I, I, I could see a scenario, and I think that maybe, like you said, um, at the price, you know, people saying, oh, we've seen him before, he can't get the distance. And then the horse just gets completely ignored. And, um, and then, you know, that would make him a play. If he's just completely ignored and he's double, you know, he's 16 to 1 plus, um, you know, maybe you want him on some of your deeper tickets at least, right? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I'm, uh, we have yet to mention the other horse who I expect will be an A for me, uh, and that's uh, Channel Maker. Uh, but yeah, to me, State of Honor is the type, if, if you're going any deeper than that, um, you know, at that point, you, you sort of get into the territory of, I mean, I'd rather have State of Honor at a, you know, 10 to 12 to 1 chance than Holy Helena the chalk because uh, to me if you're going to try to beat her already in the you know for me the a column then yeah i want a horse who clearly has a chance to go gate to wire and and maybe in the win end you know they he takes money because of the name or mark cassie um you know watch the the double will pays and you know maybe he won't be the type that that takes money in those type of pools pick four does start in race 10 so uh you know I agree. He's sort of that next level where, you know, I'd rather use him than the chalk. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all those things you said. And even going back to um, Channel Maker, I think that that horse is uh, is an absolute legit contender. And coming out of an open grade three race, I mean, right there just shows you a little bit more class. And this horse is running some tough races early on. Um, you know, he kind of, he's, as far as trips goes, he's caused some of his own trouble in the past and drawn on the rail. So, you know, that's, that is kind of always a concern, but, but otherwise, I mean, this horse has, 
you know, he's the biggest square on the plot. Um, you don't love where he's at, but but he is actually capable of sitting closer. He has some races early on in those sprint races and one turn races where he's closer to the pace. So depending on where he's ridden, he doesn't have to be doesn't have to be too far back. Um and yeah, I agree. I think that horse is, you know, definitely a horse to to kind of key around if you're playing the race um from that perspective. One horse I was especially interested in, in getting your take on because I know uh, for Woodbine, uh, for you, it's, uh, you know, more than just what ends up spitting out uh, on the plot or in the charter and the PPs, and that's Aurora Way. Uh, pretty impressive maiden performance from my talking to Keith McCalmott and Don Lupul uh, earlier this week. Uh, but amount of 16th to amount of quarter, maiden to a stakes race, uh, certainly big jumps up. Uh, what was your, your take on his level of talent from that race, and is it good enough to overcome the the challenges of the step up in class and distance? Um, I mean, there's as far as answering, like, with, with full confidence, whether he's ready to take on that challenge, I, I couldn't answer that with confidence. But um, his main breaking score, it was impressive. It is a positive that that, that was a full field that day. Um, it was against, you know, three-year-olds and older, so, um, you know, some, some older-type horses and did everything the right way. You know, we could a B-plus. He continued out past the wire and just looked like a fresh horse. You know, it wasn't like he was getting faster after the wire on the gallop out, but, you know, he continued out like distance wouldn't be an issue. Obviously, in a race, it's different than, you know, on a gallop out when you've already – a couple lengths clear to the wire. So I think he is a talented horse. Um, and then, you know, as far as whether you're betting him to win, I guess it would just, you know, depend on a price, but I can't, I can't really talk anybody off of him. He's just, you know, he's got questions, but he's got talent. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not against, and um, I, I would tell anybody that likes him, like, you know, to use him. Um I think there was one more. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my, my feeling on him. We just haven't seen enough. I mean, there's a lot of questions as far as distance. He's got an outface winners and a great state race. Um, but, you know, in a wide open race, uh, you know, once you kind of, as far as I'm considered, he's, you know, definitely figures. One thing uh, stuck out to me and, and I saw in my write up about, uh, about Guy, uh, I did mention, you know, 20 to 1 last time, and I didn't play the plate trial, so I don't want to say I missed the wedding, as the cliche goes, but certainly didn't capitalize on that price. And, um, you know, on one hand, he's going to be lower than that this time. On the other, sometimes we see the price winners come back, and they're way, way, way over bet, sometimes even the favorite, uh, and that's can be really a negative situation. Guy, I don't mind as much because you're still getting an okay price if you like him um of course whether it's okay or not is relative to the chances you think uh i say all that because aurora way was somehow 13 to 1 in his maiden race uh now on the morning line is about half that going into the queen's plate um to me you really have to like him but in general just sort of a handicapping variable that comes up a lot is do you look at the price a horse was in his or her debut or second start and use that in how you handicap what their actual talent level might be? Um, you know, 
do look at it, and then it's it's one of those like later tier factors, and then a lot of times I try to not let it influence my opinion too much. You know, I think sometimes we can you know, talk ourselves off horses in those type of scenarios where, um, you know, I should I don't think this horse is gonna should be that high, and then you know you don't use we don't use the horse and then they win, you know, those types of things. So I try to not let it influence me, but I did, I did notice that in that race. Um, to probably go back and see what, you know, what the morning was that day. Um, six, 10. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, it is something I look at, but I try to not put that much of my opinion weighted on, on what their odds were in previous starts. You know, Guy uh, Guy Caballero, even going into, you know, I, I used that race for my write-up on the Woodbine site, and I wrote a lot of positives, and then I kind of said I think he's a little bit below, despite him being a trier, and the extra ground should be a positive getting that nine furlong. Um, I, I questioned his class, and so that's, you know, that's still something, especially thinking, like, you know, if um, King and his court, if the trips were reversed, maybe there would have been a different result, so um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not against him today, but I, I think he should be on the, the upside of that 10 to one. And, uh, that, that's certainly what I'm hoping for. Uh, well, we've, we've touched on, uh, the, the, the favorite, uh, sort of tangentially, uh, sort of an agreement that has the looks of an underlay, but, uh, really haven't gotten into the why, uh, certainly for me, the, the talent's there. Um, but I mean, I just think in this group, it's, it's not a uh, five to two, three to one in a, in a full field, um, trying males for the first time. And that's been fine in the Queens plate. I don't mean to say that's a negative, but it's definitely a step up in class. And, uh, I, I just think she'll be a, a short price of sort of a can win, but would love to beat her as the favorite in this spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, she can win, but usually when when you, you're evaluating a favorite, whether whether it's strong or not, you really don't want to have anything that's that's a question mark. And I kind of have two on here. I'm looking at Optic Quad and her being a, a circle in Quadrant One, and they just according to Quadstat, um, it's not not the most favorable position. In fact, it's the worst, you know, one in this, of course, is the standard, uh, standard plot, but 4%, one for 25 winners. So, you know, that's, that's kind of one, you know, one thing that just sort of jumps out at me. And then also in the, in that last race, um, and I'm using optics figures here, you know, which is her own speed figures. Um, she ran, she ran a 97 last out 97 optics figure, which, which is the highest in this field. Um, but coming her start previously at Belmont, she ran an 85. So to move forward 12 points to me, um, you know, could signal some type of progression. And if you're taking a short price, that's just, that is something that I question. Now she still could regress a little bit and, and be competitive in this field, no doubt. But, um, you know, to what extent she had a, you know, she had a perfect ride last time was covered up throughout, didn't lose a whole lot of ground and um, just made, you know, the ideal move to get, to get the, win. you know, coming off a perfect trip, having that, that big speed figure improvement um, on our end combined with um, the low percentage circle position in the optics plot, um, 
there's just enough enough for me to to you know not put a whole lot of you know definitely not a single but if she wins um i'm you know i'm not going to be surprised but i i'm like you I, i'm going to try try to beat her yeah well uh We'll see, but uh, I think two of these four people in guaranteed pools, uh, a lot, um, not a lot, but I mean, people will default to her as a single on some tickets and, and certainly use her, whereas I see it as an opportunity, as I said before, you know, using a state of honor or it is a slam. Um, we have touched on a lot of the uh, 10 to 1 horses and given some favorable marks to some. Uh haven't mentioned a twenty thirty and there's a couple fifty to one morning line horses as well. Certainly don't need to go through them all, but have any stuck out to you in sort of the the super bomb territory that you might uh fool around with? You know, I, I might fool around with, with Malibu Secret a little bit and um, you know, it it's kind of just being more of a stab, but I think this horse has, has a little bit more upside and um you know, obviously, Super Tappet, who won, who won the Marine, um, and Channel Maker was a good second, and this horse was third. You know, if he was eligible to be in here, you know, would be a single. So, um, you know, I kind of have to look at this horse. He had a little bit of traffic, uh, made a move in there, his third start off a layoff, debuted in a stake race. Um, so, you know, they've kind of liked this horse. I think that, you know, sort of a sneaky horse at a big price, if you know, you need a bomb in the tournament at that point, um, maybe this is a horse you want to, you want to give a second look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the, the tournament, uh, one is, is a good point. And, uh, certainly to me underneath, I mean, has to find uh, a few lengths on channel maker who, um, He's lost to both times they faced each other and then won the race they didn't. Uh, but I was definitely uh, attracted uh, to the uh, just his race well, both sprinting, hasn't even stretched out yet. And Malibu Moon out of a Dinoformer mare uh, and, and in this group, I mean, I'm not saying a mile and a quarter necessarily is best distance, but to me, certainly looks capable of, of handling as well as any, uh, so lightly raced. So there's, you know, there, there's definitely a 20 to one. Uh, there's definitely some things to say, yeah, I'll take a 5% chance that he improves because on Brisnet, uh, that last race was an 86, uh, which I wouldn't say would be good enough here. Uh, but certainly the low 90, uh, is, and you know, that type of improvement, not, out of line, uh, given the stretch out and a trainer uh, and jockey who do well locally. So uh, I'm with you. Of, of any horse, 20 to one or higher on the morning, he's the one I'm I'm using. Yeah, and and I will say the other thing too, when you you know you look at speed figures and you look at running lines and you'll you'll see this horse in running lines um, where he finished eight, eight lengths behind, you know, and then he it looks like he kind of lost ground in the stretch, and that's where there was a little bit of traffic. And then the rider eased up because he wasn't getting to the top two. So the horse was kind of, you know, being eased up before the wire. So even just that, you know, those visuals can tell you to the wire, um, you know, probably would have had a little bit more of a finish and maybe earned another point or something like that as far as the speed figure. So from a visual standpoint, um, he does have that going for him too, just when the jock kind of shut down knowing he wasn't going to catch the top two in that final furlong. 
All right, I'm going to play handicap the handicapper, and based on uh, this 20-minute discussion, I'm going to say your top pick is either Channel Maker or King of the Sport. Um, you know, I <laughs> it's kind of not not a fair question because I don't really know. I don't really have a, a top pick as of right now. Right. Um, I I really I don't. don't. I style anyway. Yeah, I mean, those are horses that I I think are probably, you know, um, the saying like gun to your head or, you know, betting for my life type of thing. I'd probably want one of those too, but um, since that's not a realistic scenario, um, I'm not sure yet. I, I, again, I'm going to kind of do a little bit more pace work as long as I don't overthink it too much um, because I think that's just going to play such a role in this race with a lot of these horses being so so close together on, on form class, class and speed figures. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and, I, and I haven't gotten too deep really into the, any of the races around it, but um, I know the, the race before the uh, dance smartly, um, I mean, suffused looks great. And then the alternative hooks like an odds on if suffused wasn't, wouldn't have been in there. So, I mean, that's sort of you're too deep and chalky there. Um, so hopefully that, you know, gives some leverage to, uh, like I said, I mean, I'm against the favorite for sure. So uh, to me, if suffused wins, I definitely want to make sure, you know, I have Malibu secret covered and state of honor and horses like that um, more so than the favorite for sure. Uh, well, it, it is a pretty deep card of, if you had a chance to, look through any names that maybe jumped out or uh, something elsewhere that uh, you're forward to playing or at least seeing if the board uh, allows you to play? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't got this card completely. And just, you know, right before we got on the call, um, you know, you said you wanted to ask about a couple races. So I just like, I quickly look through um, the stake races and, um, you know, first glance, I agree with you, the dance smartly kind of looks like a one, you know, maybe two horse race kind of hard to to look outside of that um I kind of felt the same way in the in the same spiel those races not that exciting to me but um the two turf uh the two turf race two turf stakes earlier on um the hillander grade two that's the fourth race um the number one horse that horse uh for Cassie was it con- connect or no not connect uh commute con- commute um that horse looks solid to me um you know eight to one morning line should get a great pace um had a good note last time out and yeah anywhere near the morning line I mean that horse is just tons of value um and you know could just be a great play on there uh was against the flow and I think the the cut back to six should be ideal for this horse he's got enough early speed doesn't need the lead can have it if he wants it um, just looks, you know, kind of like a solid play in there and, and isn't a favorite. And then um, I'm against the favorite in race, uh, which is kind of pulling up right now, the King Edward, um, the number five horse, Tower of Texas. Um, again, kind of like we talked about um, in the Queen's Plate, just anything that there's a little bit of a knock against uh, a favorite makes you want to go elsewhere and um, I'm, I'm not I'm not crazy about this pace scenario, and I'm not crazy about the distance. And so um, I think there's other horses in here, you know, or a few horses in here 
um, that 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 could win this race. Um, another thing about Tower of Texas last two times, he's kind of been fractious in the gate, so that's you know that's not really a positive. But um, I'm I'm against him, and I think the horse in there is a little bit interesting as the number six, Shocky Mott. Um, looks like this horse has gone completely off form, but um, had a prep, actually ran pretty well at Keeneland in the Shaker Town, um, and then had, had a hot pace on the synthetic, and then going that eight and a half, I think this horse wants two turns, and um, this just could be the right spot for this horse. I, I think, you know, Plot, he's a big circle in quadrant one, but he does have some of those X flows, which, uh, which I can excuse that, and um, you know, trust the connections off those races, making his fourth start. You know, obviously, if this horse was, was, was terribly off form, they'd probably go a different direction than going into a grade two and Castellano jump the board. So really interesting horse that I think should be um, a solid price, at least morning line on there. All right. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting race to me. Uh, the, the two down inside are uh, – who I was going to take a, a decent look at uh, Hollywood Hideaways, ten to one on the morning line, uh, and strong local connections, and uh, just think down on the inside of the Bristath, uh, say going the, the mile trip at Woodbine, uh, the better part, not overwhelmingly so. So I'll avoid the dreaded bias word, but definitely, uh, you know. More of a positive than than being marooned. So drawn well, and Tower Texas is a huge local favorite, and obviously with those connections as well, going to be a a horse that attracts uh, attention from both the the chalk players and the locals. So this definitely is a, a good a good race to to try to beat uh, the favorite for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I could see both those horses. I mean, Hollywood Hideaway with the BTL last time out. So, yeah, for sure. Those both make sense. Great. Uh, well, it should be a, a fun day. Uh, with all the stuff you've done for Woodbine this year, uh, they they didn't uh, fly you up? Maybe, yeah, maybe we, need to, we need to work on that Woodbine mile. <laughs> I'm definitely interested. If they will, if they will want me to come up there, I I'll, I'll be there. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never well, been to Woodbine. Uh, what's that? I said if you had known Goo Goo Dolls were playing, you you would have made a stronger push. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, get me out on this. Uh, I always put together. a playlist for all the driving I do with these things. Give me a give me a song for my Queen's Play playlist. Oh my gosh. Um I don't know if we're in the uh in the same in the same uh same realm. Um well what right, do you say new like... lately? You like all sorts of things? Um there's a oh, new yeah. the new Chelsea she put out a new song that I like quite a bit. I think that would appeal to to a lot of people so uh, go with that. Chelsea Wolf, W O L. The name of the song is uh, 16 Psyche. All right. Psyche, like. P-S-Y-C. Got it. All right. Uh, well, thank you for that contribution and hopefully a contribution to my bankroll as well. Uh, really good insight on what I think is going to 
be a really fun race to bet and hopefully cash on. Uh, any parting thoughts? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we give a lot of good information, and um, I know we're going to have some stuff on uh, on optics. Uh, all, anybody that's a subscriber, we're going to do a full breakdown of of all the races, horse by horse. Um, of course, I can be found on the Woodbine website, Woodbine website um, every race day. At, at least one play, sometimes I have more information. I'll, I'll put out two or three, whatever, just kind of it gives me. Um, but, yeah, a lot of information and good racing. I hope you get good weather. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, look, famous uh, seems like a, a typical pattern in racing. The forecasts look great a week out and then just kept getting worse and worse. Uh, I think – about a week before the Derby this year, it looked like it was going to be 75 and sunny with a gentle breeze, and uh, that, that didn't happen. So hopefully uh, Woodbine will start trending in a more positive direction. Uh, but either way, it's, uh, I'll find an undercover wagering option if need be, but uh, should be good. And uh, I think we'll do another one of these for – uh, the summer meet, speaking of which, the the stuff uh, you guys did looking at Del Mar and Saratoga, uh, great not only for those meets, uh, but also in general, just great reading for learning more about how the plots work and maybe where the winners come from in general. So encourage everyone to check out that blog piece as we come into Saratoga and Del Mar and uh, certainly uh, have you on for Arlington Million uh, in August. So look forward to talking to you then. Okay, great. Sounds good. Good luck. All right, Emily and everyone. She's from Optics. I'm from Brisnet. Uh, it's going to be a great Queen's Plate, so hopefully uh, all three episodes have given you some uh, good information to chew on as we head into uh, Sunday's big race day, Guaranteed Pools, 13 horses in the big one. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for joining us this week, and uh, watch our Blog Talk radio station uh, for additional episodes of summer racing.